Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Ecclesiastes is one of my favorite books in scripture. It was a time that King Solomon had actually turned away from God at the urging of his wives. He was led astray. And during that time period, King Solomon made the decision that he was going to observe rather than teach. King Solomon was a very wise man and he was very used to telling people what to do. But he was going to start journaling his time and making observations. Chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes says this, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Now in the first eight verses of chapter three, there are 14 good and 14 bad. That King Solomon had observed. And if we go ahead and read 9 through 11. It says this. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. What King Solomon learned from his observations is nothing matters unless God is involved in the process. He is saying that God knows our plan, but he doesn't lay it all on us at the same time. That God gives us life experiences to drive us or lead us to God. Now, we spend our entire life killing time. You know, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm killing time. I'm going to go out and garden. I'm killing time. I'm going to go fishing. But the ironic thing is, you know, we spend our entire life killing time, but in the end, time kills us. What I learned from Ecclesiastes in chapter 3 is that there are seasons and a different perspective from a financial standpoint on these seasons or during these seasons. As we see these 14 good and bad, I can apply those to financial stewardship in every facet Now, as we look at our life, you know, from a humorous standpoint, we say that, you know, there's a time that we believe in Santa Claus and there's a time we don't believe in Santa Claus. There's a time we play Santa Claus and there's a time that we look like Santa Claus. You know, my dad taught me a phrase. My dad was a financial planner for 32 years. He said, Jay, he said, there is a point in your life where it's past high noon And the sun is starting to set on your life. That always stuck with me. 
you know, kind of dividing our life into seasons or day or part of a day. And I still apply that when it comes to financial planning. The, the aspect of seasons really is guided by time. You know, when you're young, time really just seemed to crawl. You know, it, it may have been your summer vacations at school. Sometimes they seemed like they lasted forever. And then time started to walk. And then time started to run. And then time flies by. I'm at that point in my life where time is flying by. Every year that we put up the Christmas tree, it seems like we just took it down. Every time we have Easter service, I think we just had Easter service. Every time it's time to file taxes, I'm like, I just finished filing taxes. Time is flying by. And I'm actually quite frantic in my life right now because there are so many things that I want to do in regards to serving the kingdom. But the point of the, the seasons is we don't know what season we are in. We all think that there may be these four seasons of, of life for us. But in my years of law enforcement, I pulled people out of uh, fatal car accidents that you would think they were in their second season, but they were actually in their last season. I tell people now that we should be living like we are in overtime on the last play of the game because we don't know what season we are in. At any time, God can say, it's, it's time. You know, God knows when we're to be born. We don't control that. God knows when we're going to die. We don't control that. We can, but it's, it's not a, a biblical decision. God is the one that sets our appointment for birth and he sets our, sets our appointment for judgment. We don't know when that's going to be. We know that our days are numbered. But how are we living? Are we living like we are immortal? My friends, mortality is 100%. We're not getting out of here alive. But yet, we many of us are living like we're in our third or fourth quarter forever. Yesterday, I, I, I celebrated my, my father's uh, birthday, 81st birthday. And to see him decline in his health is, is, is saddening. And I know that, that at this point he is in his last season. But it's not really how you live, it's how you die. Because King Solomon says, God gave us an eternal perspective in our heart. You either live with God or you live without God. If you lived without God, all these 14 uh, goods and 14 bads are just a matter of good luck or bad luck. They mean nothing. They mean nothing. You know, Jesus can put life into our time. Jesus puts life into our time. As a Christian, as a believer, we are born twice and die once. As a non-believer, you are born once and die twice. Now, how, did this, how does this apply to a, a financial stewardship? It's seasonal. It's seasonal in regards to how we plan. Now, I can remember back in the days when I started in the military. We were living on seven or $800 a month raising a family. I remember getting paid once a month. 
I remember floating checks. I remember spending a majority of my money that I earned on diapers and formula. We would go to the commissary once a month and buy whatever we needed, and that just about wiped us out financially. I had no money for a car payment. I had no money for uh, Netflix. There, obviously, there wasn't Netflix at the time. I had no money left. We survived. I look back, and I don't remember that as being a terribly bad time. But it was a season in my life financially. 10 to 15 years into the future, past my, my basic training days, I had made a, a switch from military life to civilian life and ended up making considerably more money. It was another season of my life. Now I am yet an empty nester. I still have a young uh, teenager at home. So we, we are third or fourth season of my life. Financially, I still consider it third season because I'm still raising a child. Fourth season, I consider empty nesters and those people that are maybe not working at their full-time job anymore. Maybe they're, they, they have taken their retirement. Now, you're going to hear me use the word retirement, but I don't believe in retirement. God does not mention retirement in Scripture. The only place you actually see anything alluding to retirement is the Church of Corinth and the priests of Corinth. We are not the priests of Corinth. Therefore, I don't believe in quote-unquote retirement. I believe that there are seasons in our working years, seasons in our life that we make a transition. And when it comes to financial planning, I try to prepare people for that season, whether they, they may not be working 40 or 50 hours a week at their job that they may went to school for or at the job that they, they uh, were working 40, 50 hours a week. But preparing them for a transition to where they are financially content and comfortable to serve the kingdom in their fourth season. Does that make sense? That's, I, I don't try to prepare people. You'll never see anything on my social media or websites with pictures of people you know, playing golf or sitting on the beach drinking fruity alcoholic drinks or on a sailboat. If you go to most financial planners' websites, that's what you see. Golf and sailboats and beaches. People, you get tired of that. I've been doing this a long time, almost a quarter of a century. Those people that say, I'm going to play golf every day of my life last about a year, and then they're bored out of their minds and they go back to work. But when you have an eternal perspective and you allow Jesus to put life into your time, that doesn't necessarily affect you. But from a financial planning aspect, we plan versus on seasons. Now, a... a Biblically responsible, God-honoring financial plan does this. Does this. Your financial plan, with an eternal perspective, must be self-completing. That means that if you are in, in overtime, you may be 30 years of age, but may be in overtime and you don't even know it. That your financial plan is self-completing. Now, I'm going to elaborate on that for just a minute because I think it's very important. When I'm sitting down with a young couple, young married couple, may have some young children, I say, what, what do you want to do? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? What kind of goals do you have for, for yourself and for your children? Well, many people say, oh, I want to be able to send my children to college. I want to be able to do these kinds of things. Uh, maybe pay off our home early. All great answers. And I say, well, how does that happen? They say, well, you know, we've got to set aside money. Maybe we're more aggressive 
on you know paying down the mortgage early, uh, you know avoiding debt. I said that's that's once again very good answer. But what what is the really key component to what you're just telling me? And and people have really no idea what I'm asking them. They're like, well, what do you mean? I said the the key component to everything you just told me is you have to be alive. Paying off the house early, sending your kids to college, avoiding debt, retiring at age 62 or 63 to maybe do some mission work or serve the church, serve the kingdom. You have to be alive. What happens if, if you're in overtime? You're, you're in overtime, the last play of the game, and you don't know it. How does all of this happen? You must have a financial plan that is self-complaining. And I'm not going to get too in-depth with this today, but it's a very key component to biblically responsible, God-honoring financial planning. And that is to have insurance, for example, life insurance, that says whether I live or die, our family plan, financial plan, will be completed. Can you imagine a 30-year-old, maybe single-income household, Maybe white-collar professional, making very good income, is killed in an automobile accident. What happens to the surviving spouse and the children at that point? Well, at that point, if there was no self-completing life insurance plan to offset the loss, then what happens is the mother or surviving spouse will probably have to remarry out of need, not out of love, to take care of the children. Okay, so my point is this, we all sit back, we may be 18 years of age, we may be 20 years of age, 30 years of age, and we have this goal of this long life, whether we think we're going to live to 75, 85, 95, but we all think we're going to get there, and the reality is you may not. That's why I'm saying you must, number one, when it comes to financial planning, be prepared for loss, be prepared to make sure that that financial plan, the goal is to take care of your family. You know, 1 Timothy 5.8 says we provide for those of our own household. I think lack of life insurance actually is, is contradictory to 1 Timothy 5.8. Now, I know some people don't believe in life insurance. I believe they're wrong. God has given us the income, given us the foresight to say, I'm going to take care of my family. You know, the, the scripture says that if we have the ability to take care of widows, that they should not be a burden on the church, right? But what about, what about our children? Should they be a burden on anyone? What about our surviving wife or, or husband? Should they be a burden on anyone? No. If we have the ability to do these things, we should do them. Now, here's the, the a point that I think is, is pretty clear when is the the kind of like the highlight of your life when are you at your peak your prime believe it or not it's age 19 to 22 physically you're it, it, you start to go downhill after age 22 i know that's not everyone but the majority that uh, from a a science standpoint age 22 you you're starting to decline Financially, it goes the opposite way. And I tell people uh, that, that, that listen to me, I said, listen, I said, what we give up in our health, I think God gives us in wisdom. You know, we, we it starts to hurt a little bit when we get out of bed when we're in our 40s and 50s. But we're smarter, right? We've learned, we've, we've observed things. When it comes to financial planning 
and being God-honoring in that financial plan, I think that we should prepare for four quarters, four seasons of our life, but have an emergency plan in place in case we aren't here for those four seasons. That that, that game is going to be won regardless of whether you're here or you're not. Am I making sense? I, I hope that I am. You know, there are so many different aspects of the four seasons of financial planning, and I can't get into it all in one podcast. But I, re- I really wanted to give you the eternal perspective of a financial plan today. First is we're not going to live forever. Second, our life has no meaning unless there's an, an eternal perspective. Our financial plan really has very little meaning other than good luck, bad luck, bull markets, bear markets, unless we have an eternal plan, an eternal perspective. And that we should not assume that we're going to live forever. And we should plan financially like we may not be here tomorrow. And also plan that we may be here for another 75 years. Financial planning from a, a, an eternal perspective is twofold. And one is not better than the other. There, there is no prioritization. They are equally, equally confronted in a good financial plan. I'm going to stop with, with that part on this, on this topic today. Because there, there's just so much to discuss in regards to that. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about different aspects of a God-honoring financial plan because it is, it is different than a worldview plan. A worldview plan, to me, is something that, that King Solomon observed. It's meaningless without an internal perspective. It is absolutely meaningless. It is just a series of, of good lucks and bad lucks. doesn't mean anything. What purpose do you have if without an eternal perspective? I encourage you to read Ecclesiastes today. I read it about once a month. And every time I read it, I learn more. And, and God has moved me to chapter 3 for this message today because I think that it is very, very important. I've, I've just recently have, have friends that have lost loved ones. I, I, I know my father who is on hospice is on borrowed time, right? He's in overtime. And I, I pray, I pray that the information that I shared with you today moves you to decision-making. You must, you must have a God-honoring financial plan with an eternal perspective that prepares you for a very long four-season life and one that says that you are on borrowed time fourth quarter, last play of the game type of approach. Because if you don't do both, there may be failure, grief, a number of things that, that you could have avoided or could have, that you could have avoided for your family. If you have questions about this, and I hope that you do, I encourage you to visit the website, kingdomplanadvisory.com. You can go to our Facebook page, Kingdom Plan Advisory. 
Sign up for the newsletter. I'm going to send out periodic uh, monthly newsletters that talk about the current state of, of the economy, how it applies to us as believers, you know, what we should possibly be doing to confront each issue. I also encourage you to do this. Sign up for a one-hour consultation with me. If we go two hours, I won't tell on anybody, right? <laughs> it's a, a free consultation. But I think it would be a, a really good thing um, for you to do from a proactive standpoint. To just kind of get an idea of where you stand. You know, just have a, a very basic discussion. We're not gonna, we won't get too in-depth on the telephone call, but... In just a matter of, of just a few questions and moments, I can really kind of get an idea of, of whether your, your financial plan is sound with an eternal perspective or whether there's some holes in it that need patched. And you can do that on the website as well. Once again, please visit kingdomplanadvisory.com. Uh, sign up for the newsletter. You can also do a, a free screening of, of some of your investments on there to see if there are anything that contradicts your beliefs like abortion, pornography, Human rights violations, those types of things. We could talk about that as well. So I look forward to speaking to you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. But please, people, stop sitting on your hands. You've got to do something. You've got to do something. If you love your family, if you love your family, it's time to take action. God bless, and we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit KingdomPlanAdvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.